A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. You know, for a lot of people, when you start talking about federal milk orders, it's not long before their eyes glaze over and roll in the back of their head. It is a complicated, complex system, but a lot of Wisconsin dairy operators and processors depend on it for their very livelihood. But there has been a call for the past couple of years for significant changes to federal milk marketing orders across the United States, not just here in the upper Midwest. Joining us now is Mitch Davis. He is one of the members on the board for Edge Dairy Cooperative. He is at Davis Family Dairies in Lesseur, Minnesota. He's on the Edge Board of Directors and, more importantly, very engaged in a task force that's trying to put together some logic, some proposals on revising and revamping federal milk marketing orders. Like I said, Mitch, I'm glad to be able to talk to a dairy producer that's also been on the dairy processing side of things. This is not, an, you know, I guess they say, you know, how do you, how do you, you know, eat an elephant, you know, one piece at a time. This is a monster of a project. How long would you say you've been dedicated to trying to just get down to the nuts and bolts of what needs correction? Well, in, in the most recent effort, it's probably been about a year. Well, it's been since 2020. When the negative PPDs hit, that kind of reinvigorated the discussion on a different level. Mm-hmm. But I would just tell you, my father in the mid-'70s was trying to tackle this as a processor mm-hmm. in the national legislature. So it's been going on a long time. The program was instituted in 1938. So obviously things change. And it's time to have a comprehensive discussion about the FMMO. Oh, absolutely. You know, and and you go back to the impetus of how it started. And they were using Eau Claire, Wisconsin as a pricing point for milk across the United States. Like uh, Mitch points out, time for a change. So let's talk about some of the specifics, Mitch, that Edge Dairy Cooperative has been advancing with the help of another fantastic dairy leader, Dr. Marin Bozik out of the University of Minnesota. Let's talk a little bit about some of the real bullet points that Edge believes needs to be addressed, because I think all of them will resonate with any dairy farmer out there. Uh, Agreed. And kind of triggered again by 2020's events, um, when the negative PPDs came in, uh, we started to take a look at the incentive to be in the order. And at that time, it wasn't much of an incentive economically for a processor to pool the milk. Well, when they depooled, it lowered the funds available for distribution within the order, and that created some thoughts about, hey, wait a minute, is this order long for this world? Because if this order isn't motivating processes to participate and thus becomes defunct, what are the things the order does for us now that we won't have available that producers need in terms of security and certainty and understanding how their milk's going to be priced? Oh, absolutely. And I got those phone calls repeatedly because that was the first time for many dairy producers they'd seen the numbers go so negative. And that kind of still persists, though, Mitch. I mean, that once they got a taste of that deep pooling, it still is a part of our conversation today. Absolutely. It's shown the light on not only the negative PPDs, but on the other aspects that we benefit from and maybe at times suffer from that are you know, contained within the order rules of engagement. Yeah, and one of those is just having straight out, I'll say, contractual 
principles in play here. Um, you know, a lot of dairy producers have learned the hard way that there's really no specific guidelines on how much time needs to be given before you're told your milk is not needed. I mean, there's just an apple cart full of things that need to be handled here, Mitch. That's correct. And, you know, we use the order for a few things that come to mind as being important for the producer. One is price discovery. It sets a minimum price line, gives some guardrails to guidance for the processor as to what they need to do to be competitive and be aligned with the end products they sell. It also talks about payment terms. Uh, the order mandates when the farmer's paid twice a month, and people do variations of that in terms of settlement versus an advance check in a settlement. But without the orders, if they were to be go away or there wasn't participation, who's to say those guardrails would stay in place? And we want to formalize an agreement between producers and processors, forming consensus, and getting the national legislature and USDA on board that there are some kind of practices we'd like to see instituted, whether or not an order exists. Yeah, and like we said, they're pretty straightforward, fairly simple. I am kind of curious, though, Mitch, how the processing side of the industry has responded. Have you guys engaged in conversations with them, or is this kind of a one-sided ask right now? No, we've been, we, we knew that you know the legislature, national legislature, likes to have consensus. USDA likes to have consensus. We knew we'd have to find common ground, and we've been pursuing that. There are regional nuances also that play in that have to be you know, sort of overcome, and that's why the flexibility pillar in our program is, you know, to allow individual orders in their regional milk sheds to have some nimbleness as to how their order operates versus how maybe another region does. It has to do with product mix, the demographics, the milk supply, a whole bunch of things. So let's, uh, again, try to break this down as best we can. We're, we're trying to get away from one geographic point as the be-all, end-all of a pricing mechanism, Mitch. What would we like to see happen? I mean, there is also that question mark on the West Coast and their wild, wild West approach to milk pricing and processing. Talk to me a little bit in general terms about what Edge Dairy Cooperative is trying to advance when it comes to revising federal milk marketing orders. Well, the price discovery piece is important, and it is national in scope. You know, cheese has been carrying the day in terms of consumer preference if you, if you measure it against butter powder and fluid, especially fluid in Class two products. So cheese has to be considered and important. We also have to give the motivation to participate in the pool in the order so that there are funds to distribute and pay equitably among the product mixes. Not everybody can supply the bottle, even more true now today than it used to be when, when this was developed. And it was to solve that problem because only so much milk can go into fluid. Then when you look at the other product mixes, the class three, the class four, even the class two, we have to figure out how to do an equitable distribution of the greater monies that change hands in milk and milk conversion into end products. And so we think each region will have specific balancing issues as to the type of products it makes and the categories they fall into. So we still need price discovery. It's probably going to be dependent on cheese and butter powder like it is today. And we just have to create some kind of, and the term Dr. Bosick has coined, and I think he's correct, is uniform benefits. Right now we do a statistical uniform price. That's the blend price. That doesn't work because that that calculation doesn't always incent the processor to be a part of the pool. So they depool. We need to have a concept, and Dr. Bozik is working on the machinations around that and the calculations 
to have uniform benefits, which would then encourage and provide proper economic motivation for the processor to participate in the pool so we have funds to distribute to all the producers. You know, and the other thing that you uh, bring up here, Mitch, in, as far as the antiquation of the federal milk marketing orders, like you said, not everything can go in the bottle. And now a lot of our U.S. dairy ends up in the international marketplace, and the federal milk orders were never uh, designed to address that. Excellent point. Even down to, Pam, the products we make, many of these products were never contemplated by the AAA Act of 1938 that created the order system. None of them. So, yeah, we definitely need a comprehensive discussion around all of that. And to do that, we need every region and every stakeholder, processors, producers, and some of the ancillary important participants to have a discussion, find where our common ground is, listen to the other party and their concerns and the things that would impede them from embracing it, and then develop a program that everybody wants. Because if we can take consensus to the Congress and to the USDA, we'll get something done. Yeah, exactly. If you're just joining us, this is Mitch Davis. He's a dairy producer himself in Lesur, Minnesota, also has uh, experience in the processing industry. He's part of Davis Family Dairies and is also a member of the Board of director- Directors for Edge Dairy Cooperative and has been involved in this tax task force since it started. Got to ask you, Mitch, with all that being said, the research that's been done, the uh, consensus building that has been at work, what should we look for as far as movement on this issue? They just belabor it to death when it comes to trying to change federal milk orders. Do we see any hearings on the horizon? How are we going to try to get something formal moving on this? All indications are there won't be a hearing until USDA has some sort of comfort level that there could be consensus. They don't want to have a Donnybrook hearing Mm -hmm. when they don't have consensus in the industry. So right now what Edge is doing and others, National Milk, IDFA, Uh, a whole bunch of other organizations that we're engaging with, both producer and processor-centric, to have a comprehensive set of discussions to find out what the common ground items are and then see if those items can be the basis for having a more functional federal order system. Yeah, like you said, it's never come easy to the dairy industry consensus, but this may be one area where we can finally all get on the same page. Mitch Davis along with us. Is there a place that someone could continuously go to, Mitch, to watch the process unfold, find out about uh, maybe the latest meeting or what's coming up? Is there a place where you're trying to coagulate all that information? Well, from the EDGE perspective, which is the only perspective I can speak to, other organizations are doing their thing, too. So not to short sell that, but EDGE is certainly keeping our members, and we're open, and I've engaged with several other organizations. We're willing to share what's going on with other organizations. And so I think the EDGE Public Relations Department has done a great job of being clear and concise and understandable about what we're talking about. And those kind of communications will continue to come forth through social media, through the website, through emailings and mailings. So we are, one of our goals, in order to get consensus, we have to have strong communication. So you'll see EDGE performing strong communications through this whole process, keeping all the stakeholders updated as to what's going on. 
and we will be part of that, folks. If they're sending it to us, we're sending it to you. You can follow along on their website if you'd like, voiceofmilk.com, or, of course, midwestfarmreport.com. We'll also always make you uh, have that information available to you. That's Mitch Davis. He's a member of the Board of Directors for Edge Dairy Cooperative, a dairy producer himself, and involved in the processing industry. Davis Family Dairies in Lesseur, Minnesota, taking on the federal milk marketing orders. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke.